Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to also subscribe to the Give Us a Shot Network YouTube channel. We have one of our favorite guests in our favorite shows we do all year uh, on tonight. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? That smile, man. You 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 must be plotting something devious. Why are you in such a good mood? Hey, it's just a good like, show. I already know it's gonna be a good something. show. You're usually always complaining about something, blowing up my phone, complaining, finding something to ruin my day. I don't. The fact that you're happy is making me hella suspicious. Well, it's because we're gonna have a great show, but you and I can discuss the uh, the keeper rules and keeper trades later after the show. Oh, and maybe actually, sense. maybe that'll maybe that'll be the surprise, JT segment but we'll do the surprise to the guest and he can answer my my fantasy question so with that said it is a fantasy football all fantasy football episode tonight let's welcome in senior sports writer at the game frank amarante frank how are you today you gonna, you gonna bring him in jt there we go oh he's in Okay. Okay. I'm feeling great. First of all, I love coming on your show. And secondly, you know, everything's heating up in football. You know, finally, those veteran running backs, Dalvin Cook signing. We saw where Zeke got uh, signed. (laughs) And it gives us more clarity. And it's just an exciting time. Drafts heating up. And let's, I'm excited to get into it. Great time of the year. Great time of the year. And I think all three of us believe in that. JT, you you ready to get this show going? Can we, yeah, can we let's get go, started? Man. All right, Frank, you ready? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pepper you with a lot of questions. What the what the listeners want to know, and if this is the first time as a listener you've seen Frank on our show, he is awesome. He's gonna lead you to the promised land in fantasy football to a title. All right, so he he helped me last year in one of my leagues. So he can, if he can help me, he can help anybody. Trust me, and I know JT will agree with that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if, if he if he doesn't have help, he can't win. So Frank, you <laughs> definitely helped him out. You definitely helped me win a few leagues last year as well. So very interested to see what stuff you got today. All right, so let's start off. Let, let's just get right to it. All right, because we all want to know um, who you have as the best player at each position in the one breakout player at each position. So. We'll provide the position, and you let us know who you have as the number one player at that position and then the one breakout player for that position. So for the listeners and fans out there, by breakout player, we mean someone that can jump in the top 10 at that position that was maybe that was outside of the top 10 last year. All right. So, Frank, first one, quarterback. 
my top quarterback this year is Jalen Hurts. It's such a great supporting cast with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. They improved the backfield with DeAndre Swift and uh, Rashad Penny. It's an elite offensive line. But what really puts him apart is his usage in the red zone. That he's a weapon. He can he can rush up to ten touchdowns, and and adding that rushing yard production is just so huge. And one added wrinkle is if you remember last year, the Eagles were blowing out a lot of teams early in the game, and they took their foot off the gas. I'll give you one example against my Commanders. You know, at halftime, Jalen Hurts. I think he had like three hundred yards and three touchdowns, and then they were up twenty-four nothing. So they they just, you know, they slept walk through the rest of the game. They didn't have to pass. Well, this year they have a tougher schedule. So I don't think they'll be able to do that as much. So you could see Hertz, you know, have even more passing yards. And of course, with that red zone role, it's huge. He's got to be my QB one for the year. Nice. Nice. What about a uh, breakout player? Well, breakout, this one was tough for me to pick because a lot of the quarterbacks that I like, I like paying up for one and getting one of the top eight, which goes from Hertz to Lawrence and even Herbert and Fields. So, and one of them that I could pick out is Anthony Richardson, but that's a cop out because he's a rookie. And so, you know, so I'm going to have to pick Deshaun Watson just because he didn't finish out. He finished outside of the top 10 last year. And this year he's in a good position to do so just because, you know, I think part of his struggles last year had to do with rust. Now he has a full off season with the Browns. They got a great offensive line, a strong running game. They improved that receiver, bringing in Elijah Moore. Uh, from reports I've read, they want to open it up a bit and, and play more, you know, three receiver sets and air it out a little more. And we've seen Watson in the past throw for over 4,000 yards, rush for over 500 yards. So he's got that rare skill set that you covet in a fantasy quarterback. And I, in terms of this criteria of not finishing top 10 last year and, and jumping in, I, I would say Watson. And um, I have him as my QB nine for the season. Okay, nice. Well, listen, Frank, leadoff spot comes out strong. So JT, what, what do you got? Best and breakout. Hey, man, look, I got to say I love it because – not only did you not say it was Josh Allen, but you named the guy that he traded away in Dynasty as well. So he traded away Deshaun Watson to acquire Josh Allen. So he traded away the breakout player for the guy that's not going to be number one. So I'm already <laughs> loving the picks, man. This Dynasty season is going down in flames. Uh, I love those picks, man. Jalen Hurts is a monster. I do agree with you. Um, they were, they were, a lot of those games were blowouts, basically. So he didn't have to put up stats, but... I'm going to go with Justin Herbert, man, as as the guy that I think is going to finish QB1. And it's like everything is there for him to do it. He's got a new offensive coordinator that I think will suit him better in Kellen Moore. They're going to take more deep shots. He's got crazy weapons with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, plus they bring back Austin Eckler. And I think them playing in that conference with two teams with terrible defenses helps out, but they also play the NFC North and the AFC South, and 11 of their 17 games are indoors. So I like it. And he finished, what, QB 11 last year while being hurt and dealing with injuries to the team and a bad play caller. I just think that him throwing under 30 touchdowns is rare, and I don't see why he can't blow up. So I like Herbert, but I also like Hurts too. And then my breakout is, I mean, I got to go with the guy on my team. It's Tua. And he finished as, what, a top four quarterback four times last year. But we know 
it was all about the injuries. Can he stay healthy? I got to think he can stay healthy. And Don, you remember, you brought this up. At one point last year, Tua was number two in the MVP race to Patrick Mahomes. So if he can get a full 17 with those weapons, I mean, he's got to be in the top 10. Like that Miami offense is just too good. Love it. Love Herbert. I'm with you on that one for sure. I like yeah. Tua as well, but Herbert's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Those are all good answers. And JT, I'm going to go to the guy that that you mentioned. Um, it, and to me, it's why he just he's always not mentioned up there um, consistently, even though he was the number one QB on the field and in fantasy last year. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's like we keep disrespecting him in this sense that the first two guys go on the show. They didn't name him. 41 touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, 5,250 passing yards along with 358 rushing yards. Like, And in 2021, he had 381 rushing yards. So, I mean, I don't know how you can go against them. It's like going against Steph Curry when Curry was, like, really in his prime going to all these titles. It's like we always want to put someone else number one. It's like it's Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. Um, breakout player. I'm going to go – this is a little bit – little dicey here, but I think he's going to be the Jalen Hurts of this fantasy, fantasy year, and it's Sam Howell. I mean, he's got to me, to me, and, and listen, full disclosure here, Frank. I yeah, traded, please, please I traded, give the please give the full disclosure, please. Full disclosure. I tried the whole offseason in Dynasty to get Sam Howe from this other guy on the show, JT. Because JT had Sam Howe. I tried all offseason, then finally the day of the dynasty draft, I finally could get Sam Howe. So Yes, I traded for Sam Howe, but this is the reason. He's got three really good NFL-type receivers that got speed, right? And now they're using, supposedly from Washington, and Frank would know this best because it's his team, they're using Antonio Gibson out of the backfield more, or at least that's what they want to do. So now he's got that other dynamic running back out of the backfield. And, um, you know, do we forget how hyped – how hyped up Sam Howe was at UNC. He was basically the Drake May before Drake May. I mean, let's be honest, right? After like his freshman year, just the way Drake May is. So I'm going Sam Howe. It could be a complete dud, but I'm willing to go out on the limb on that one. One thing I want to I got to add one thing there is like um, Sam Howe's got rushing upside that some fantasy players may not realize. You know, his last year at UNC, I think he ran for – over 800 yards so that's what we always want in fantasy and that's an added wrinkle to your points and hey a lot of I could see him as a sleeper for sure and there's some pieces there in Washington absolutely I like it Frank just made me feel better with adding that extra dimension of rushing yards that I traded I traded for started out say something nice to you (laughs) (laughs) all right Frank so um best as well as breakout player running back all right, so uh, best running back, I'm going to keep it simple here. Christian McCaffrey, we've got, you know, one of the best fantasy running backs of our generation playing with an off- within, within an offense that is the most running back friendly offense we've seen with Kyle Shanahan. So it's just keeping it simple there. This offense could be, you know, one of the best we've ever seen. There's just so many weapons. If Brock Purdy could build off what he did, they just need him to be that distributor where he stays in the pocket and just gets it in the hands of his elite talents to make it work after the catch. I know people, one of the criticisms is, is that 
you know, San Fran could uh, try to keep him fresh, use some Elijah Mitchell, but he's going to, McCaffrey will get those high value touches and still get a lot of use in, in the passing game and a lot of use in the red zone for an offense that's going to score a ton of points. So he, he's my RB1 for this year, keeping it simple on that one. Frank, before you go to the breakout, quick follow-up on that. Are you concerned at all with the possible timeshare he has with Elijah Mitchell at all? I'm not too concerned just because I'm prioritizing the fact that the offense is so good and McCaffrey gets those high-value touches. Like, he won't get the... He'll, he'll get to lose some of those runs up the gut that are for like three yards to Mitchell <laughs> while get, getting like, you know, the, the plays designed for him on the screen or those red zone carries or those crazy plays where they split him out wide and getting all tricky on and putting Debo in the backfield. So I'm not too worried. It's just about the fact that he's an elite offense. He's an elite talent. But I, I wouldn't argue with anyone who put Austin Eckler ahead of him. Got it. So then uh, breakout. Breakout running back. Breakout running back. It's this was an uh, another tough one because well, like I, Tony Pollard is one of my favorites just because Zeke is finally gone and it's, he's got the backfield to himself and we've seen elite production. But if I'm not mistaken, he finished in points per game close to the top ten. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick for this one, uh, uh, Travis Etienne, just because. I think the Jaguars' offense will be really good. They brought in Calvin Ridley, giving them a downfield threat. Uh, ETN was an explosive runner last year. Like he was disappointing as a pass catcher, but he looks like a one of the best runners in the NFL. And this team could score a lot of points. Uh, I think ETN could creep his way to the top ten. But uh, if I want to add another, uh, you know, I love rookie Jameer Gibbs. He's got elite pass catching upside. I just wanted to add those two just because I love Pollard and Gibbs most. It just they don't um, fit in that criteria of not finishing top 10 last year and then picking one for this. So I went ETN. But, hey, I love all three, but prioritizing Pollard. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. JT, breakout um, best player and in, in breakout running back. Well, I feel like this is – eerily similar to what we talked about last year because I know how much you loved ETN last year and it worked out. He did really well in his first year. But I'm going to go back to an argument that, that we asked you last year and I'm going to take the opposite side because we asked, who would you take? Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry? And last year I was with you. I'd I take, I take Christian McCaffrey ahead of Derrick Henry, but I'm not doing it this year, man. Like, <laughs> I got to go with King Henry as the running back one, man. Like, he finished as the RB4 last year, and we're just acting like he didn't play football. But just look at the situation he's in. He gets Tannehill back. He gets another weapon in D-Hop that's going to take away attention. And you got guys like Traylon Burks and Chiga Conkle who are going into year two. Those guys can only get better. And the main reason why I love Derrick Henry is all the stuff that we talk about with running backs in the offseason, who's going where, who's going to sign, who's going to a new team, who's arguing and battling over contract issues. You know who's not dealing with any of that stuff? Derrick Henry. He has nobody competing with him for touches. He's not worried about a contract. And he his situation got better. So, I mean, I got to roll with King Henry, man. You know what it's going to be like. With it From week 10 on, you know he's going to be putting up 30, 40-point games. I just want him on my team instead of having to play against him as usual. And the breakout, this was tough because 
But the easy answer is Bijan Robinson. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but I mean, he's in the perfect spot. But I actually went a different route is I think it's going to be Alvin Kamara. And I know he's getting older. But the thing that is inviting to me is the suspension is only three games. I thought he would get much more than that. So three games, he comes back. Derek Carr is going to use him closer to where we saw Drew Brees use him. Like I can see it in the preseason. They want him involved in the, the passing game rather than trying to use him as a runner up the cut like they've been doing the past couple of years. And I just think if he can find that receiving value again, I think that vaults him back into the top 10 because the Saints are a good team. Hmm. All right. All right. Th- what's interesting is the best running back I have is different from the two of you. So I think it kind of shows that, man, at running back, it, it's kind of a coin flip on who can be the best in, in fantasy, at least in terms of fantasy, because I'm going with the guy that Frank mentioned earlier. I'm going Austin Eckler. I, I thought maybe all three would have all three of us would have him. And I think the reason why I picked him was he re-signed that contract, not re-signed, but he kind of added that extra year or extra money this year. So I think that in terms of the contract situation, because that would have concerned me, I think now he's all in for at least this year. So if I'm looking at it year by year, I'm going to go all in on Austin Eckler. I mean, he's got JT's one of JT's favorite quarterbacks, Justin Herbert. So we oh, know he's that one of my favorites now, huh? <laughs> I like I like how you put that in there. You, we we can't go one show about football and you just have to bring up Justin Herbert. Like you maybe talk about him today, but is that not enough? Jesus, no. you didn't even pick him as your QB one. It, it doesn't matter. I picked him as the oh, guy in that gosh. draft, that quarterback. The other thing is catches out of the backfield, right? And you talk about a timeshare. What timeshare? I mean, they let that guy all you can eat at the buffet. I mean, whatever he wants, right? Outside, inside, pass, go split out, whatever it is. And then my breakout guy, I'm going to go Alexander Madison, full disclosure, traded for him in Dynasty during the offseason, too. Man, we can't we can't afford to do this type of show, man. We you can't just name all your dynasty players and hope he agrees with you so you feel better about yourself. No, but but let me explain why. I read this stat that I thought, wow, like this, this really is amazing. Seven career games with 15 plus touches for the guy, he's averaged elite, he's averaged 16 fantasy points. That last year alone, that would have put him that average would have put him RB8, which is top 10 breakout player according to our definition. In those seven games. He averaged total 123 yards. So, I mean, I, I just think he's due for that because he's going to get a lot of the workload if he if he stays healthy. So, okay. next position, Frank. Best in breakout player, tight end. Okay, tight end. Well, the thing is, I could just say Travis Kelsey as the top one because that's who I rank at one. But that's too, like, everyone knows what makes him good and what he's done. So I'm going to pick a player who I think could, you know, usurp him through for the throne and finish a tight end one. And he only, and he did it in 2021. He did it recently in points per game. That's Mark Andrews. You know, uh, the Ravens bring in Todd Monken, who's going to have them passing more and play more up-tempo. Playing more up-tempo means more plays, more chance to score points. I know there's a tougher target competition for Andrews in that they, you know, brought in Zay Flowers, they brought in Odell Beckham, and maybe Rashad Bateman could finish healthy. But my thing is, Andrews is that top target on the team. He's that rare tight end that could win downfield and after the catch. And he's just outscored uh, Kelsey, like I said, as recently as 2021. So if I'm going to pick one who can 
you know, the dethrone Kelsey, it's Andrews. I think he's the one with, with the best chance. And for breakout, you wanted as well. This one, I'm going to say Greg Dulcich on the Broncos because he's got that skill set you want in the tight end and that, like I said, with Andrews, he could win downfield. So he doesn't need to get like crazy volume for him to pay off as a top 10 tight end because he can make, you know, plays further down the field, higher yards per reception. And, you know, the Sean Payton there in Denver now, they can use Dulcich as that, quote, joker tight end that he runs deeper routes. And I know a lot of people like Jerry Judy, but it's not like he's this established alpha receiver that Dulcich can't, you know, still put up a, a decent target share. And, um, you know, Denver's offense should be improved this season. I'm going to go Dulcich as my breakout. Nice. Okay. I, I like that breakout player. I, I, I do. I actually kind of had him marked as one potential one. Um, JT, who do you got? I mean, it's hard to argue with Andrews. I mean, he's a stud. But if you had it right in your rankings, it's Travis Kelsey, man. He's, he's number one <laughs> until he's not. And the reason why I would put Kelsey over Andrews is I know Mahomes can play all 17. Like, I love Lamar Jackson. Don, I'm able – with anybody all day about how Lamar deserves to get paid and how he is an elite player in this league, but he ain't Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is going to play every game. Plus, the Chiefs have the easiest strength of schedule for tight ends, according to PFF. We know we think they're the Bible, so I got to use that as another factor in the tiebreaker. And just, I mean, every time we think Kelsey's going to fall off because he's old, he doesn't. He just goes out there, he's the tight end one. Like, Kelsey as tight end one is like, direct deposit it's automatic so i gotta go with that until it's not and then the breakout is look i know y'all tired of me talking about this i don't care i'm gonna say it i'm going with the guy that's already been a tight end one before it's kyle pitts if he already showed he could do this in his rookie year it's not his fault he had the worst quarterback in the league last year and arthur smith was like look man i can't have marcus Mariota out here embarrassing me by showing everyone he can't throw so Hopefully Ritter, if he if if Pitts just gets a league average quarterback that can throw the ball, he's going to be elite and he's going to be right back to where he was as a rookie, which is top 10 tight end. So if I'm betting on somebody to break out and get back in there, it's him because there before. Hmm. OK. All right. Well, I, I agree with you, JT, even though it pains me to say that. Oh, say right. that louder. Say that louder. I, I don't I don't think they heard you in the back. <laughs> You said it best. Hey, Kelsey's tight end. Oh, wow, I said it best. This, this is going to be good. Go ahead. <laughs> I think so, too. I just have to get different, you know, just to give a nice little explanation. I'm with you. Kelsey is one. But that's no, what I makes, like Andrews. That's Andrews makes, Andrews could be better. He could. That's what makes Frank so great because I now am questioning whether Kelsey is going to be tight end number one. And at the end of the day, it may be Andrews. And once again, Frank will look like a genius. Um I just like the way JT put it um, in that he's Kelsey's tight end number one until he is not breakout player. Uh, JT knows I like this guy. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans tight end. Um, she goes Zeum Akonkwu. And this is the reason why he had 14.1 um, yards per catch last year, led all tight ends and over 20% of his catches, seven of them, uh, went at least 20 yards. So I think it shows you he has that big play potential at out of the tight end position. And at the end of the day, man, if you can hit on, 
you know, two or three big plays like that, I, I just think that that that'll do great things for his fantasy stats um, and and maybe help you at, at the tight end position. So uh, I'll go with him. JT knows I like him a lot. He wouldn't trade him to me either in, in Dynasty. So yeah, you literally want my whole team. I can't <laughs> trade you everybody on my Dynasty team. I've given you four players already in one offseason. What more do you want? All right. So everyone's favorite position, wide receiver. Frank, who do you have? Best wide receiver and breakout wide receiver. Okay, this one, I actually rank him at one. That's Jamar Chase. So this one's a little bold because consensus has Justin Jefferson, and I can't really argue with that because, I mean, Jefferson's had a crazy two years of his career. But for me, Jamar Chase is for a few reasons. One is he's got massive touchdown upside. The way they use him in the red zone, like he was in the top five last year in red zone targets around there towards the top, uh, despite missing like five games. And if you look... Last season, he led the NFL in targets per game. He had over 11 targets per game. And we all know what he was like coming out of the draft, generational prospect. It's not like I'm picking someone that's way less talented than Jefferson. I think, you know, I like to, I don't like to just draft based on who finished top last year. Like, I don't mind if you would do it. I just think Je uh, Chase has that legendary season in his bag that we haven't seen yet. I think he could get like, you know, 15 to 17 touchdowns, you know, Cincinnati's playing more pass heavy now. I know Joe Burrow has that injury, but I think he'll be ready for week one. And that's another bonus being tied to one of the top uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's one of my bold stances this year is that Chase is who you should take first overall. And I think he will outscore uh, Justin Jefferson. For breakout, this is one of my favorite targets of the season. I'm not did we have that? If we had that section, it's okay later. I think you had one where we had the, our favorite targets, but I'm going to say him here anyway because I love him. That's Calvin Ridley. You know, he finished wide receiver four in 2020 in points per game. So he has that, he's already has that elite fantasy season under his belt. You know, he goes to the perfect situation. They're pass heavy in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is an ascending star, they needed a downfield threat. I think Ridley will instantly slot in as their top receiver there. And, you know, he could win on the perimeter. He could win downfield. I read, if you read, I would encourage you to read his Players Tribune article uh, where he wrote about his struggles with his foot injury and, and uh, mental health. You know, he was doing, he had to take uh, painkillers to be able to play. And like he was playing hurt. And I think that, you know, people, were are concerned about the long layoff being him being rusty, but there's a chance maybe the long layoff helped him get healthy, helped him get right, and he's highly motivated. You know, he was disappointed in himself for being suspended for the sports betting. So don't underestimate an athlete with uh, uh, the chip on his shoulder, and I think he's in a chance. He's in a great spot to really reestablish himself as one of the elite wideouts in the NFL. Nice. Okay. I, I mean, listen, I would like that because I got Trevor Lawrence. So, um, and yes, uh, Beverly, Tom Beverly Thompson did mention um, <laughs> that uh, this is such a my fantasy team show. And and uh, I think you'll like this one. Finally, a player that doesn't belong to JT. 
Or, because you won't sell dog. us Jamar Chase. <laughs> like that's why we don't have him. We've been trying to acquire him, and like the price is outrageous. I don't have Jamar Chase. No, I'm talking about her. Oh, oh, we, yes. We got, we got maybe we can come to like co-ownership or something. <laughs> we'll we'll strike a deal. We'll 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 work up the work up the paperwork. That's a, honestly that's that's a tough act to follow, Frank. Man, I mean, I mean Jamar Chase is a stud, but I'm I'm gonna break the rule. He said you're not gonna pick somebody that's not this less talented than Justin Jefferson. I'm gonna do it. And it's a long shot, but I can see this guy having a path to being wide receiver one overall. And for the first couple of years, I didn't want to believe it. I'm like, how's this guy doing this? But he just keeps going out there and balling. You're and now see. this team's in a good position. And he was seventh in targets last year. Now he's the man. The only people that are taking away targets from him are unproven rookies. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. Like it, everything that that plays into these wide receivers breaking out for wide receiver one is the volume and they play in a high scoring offense and their defenses aren't that great. Like Cooper Cup did it. Justin Jefferson did it. And it's almost like you can see it coming. And I just feel like people are uncomfortable with saying Amon Ross St. Brown and wide receiver one overall in the same conversation. But Everything is set up for him to do it. I mean, Jared Goff, hater or love it, he's been playing out of his mind in Detroit. And I just love they're playing in that division. There's no defense. Every game is going to be a shootout, and they play indoors. I, I, I just have it in a gut feeling that Amon Ross St. Brown will be wide receiver one. It'll be close between him and Jamar Chase, but would not surprise me if he's there at the end of the season. Hey, I love it. I'm, I'm high on him. I put him wide receiver four in my rankings. Love that one. Love it. All right, see, I don't, I don't feel so bad. I'm not that far off. Now, the breakout is I'm less confident about this one. I'm going to go with the wave and the vibe that I feel from everybody and what they're saying, but I can see this not happening. It's Garrett Wilson, and the only reason that I'm saying that he could do it is he was top 10 in targets last year. I think it was like eight or nine, but I do wonder, is Aaron Rodgers going to throw as much as the Jets did last year? Because I feel like Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco were throwing it like 50, 60 times a game at one point. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think he's passed for 600, 600 times in his career. Like, I don't think he's a volume passer. He's just very efficient. So unless Garrett Wilson skill-wise is Devontae Adams, I don't see it happening. But he might be. They say he's as good as Devontae. So I got to roll with what Aaron Rodgers is saying. So if that's the case, then Garrett Wilson is the easiest guy to break into the top 10 for me. Hmm. I'm writing all of these down so I know when you're those not gonna listen because you still don't pick value, the guys you want. <laughs> when, when those middle value rounds come around, I know who you're targeting. So I know do I gotta take Frank, this guy don't buy or, this. You, or what? He, he's gonna take all this advice and you know who he's gonna pick in the fourth round, like clockwork? Chris Carson. He's not even gonna <laughs> leave anymore. He's gonna Chris Carson above love them all those years. <laughs> I was one of them. But you know what's funny, Frank? He says that in every year. Guess who I traded Chris Carson to? No, every you know, you like tried to. You tried to. No, you every me. year, like clockwork, I got him. I got him to bite on Chris Carson. Um, those are all great names you guys throw out. I mean, again, though, I think the disrespect, like Justin Jefferson, did we forget he was wide receiver number one? Wait, Kirk Cousins is still there, right? He's still throwing. Who's the, who's the head coach, JT? Who's the head coach of the Vikings? The doppelganger. <laughs> so uh, O'Connell is still there. Um, 
And did they bring in anybody that really would take away a lot of targets from him? No. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Jordan, Addison, and, Addison and Hawkinson. Oh, oh, sorry. They're, they're going to take a lot of targets away. I mean, no, let, let's be honest. Like, Hawkinson's a good piece. Addison's a rookie. Ain't no way Justin Jefferson's going to have way less targets because a rookie came in. I don't care if that guy's the Blitnikoff winner or the Heisman winner. Justin Jefferson is an MVP type of guy. I, I just – I'm going to stick with Justin Jefferson – um, at least for this year. And then, you know, I'm I'm going to go with – this was a tough one, breakout player, but I've got this funny feeling that the Washington offense is going to be really good. They've got the enemy there. They've got, <laughs> they've got their young quarterback there. They've got this young receiver with speed. I'm going to go Jahan Dotson. You already saw it early on in the preseason. They already connected for a touchdown. I bet you those guys worked a lot together last year because they were so young. Right. Jahan Dotson, you know, he kind of had to earn that step. And, and they, I think, developed a lot of chemistry. JT can laugh all he wants because, yes, I traded for Jahan Dotson. Too, right, Frank, I, I, is, I, I know I keep being the thing doors, about this. This is, this is just a manifest, manifestation show for him. He's literally naming all the players he traded for in Dynasty in hopes that they will do something. You can joke all you want. But I am. When the listeners are listening to this, I'm backing up my opinion on, on these rankings and our breakout player and best player by telling you I believe so much in it that I I also did it. I went out and got these guys. It's like, would you wanna would you want a stock analyst to tell you, hey, buy stock in Apple, yet he's going out and buying stock in something else? Like, why aren't you buying an Apple? Why do you want me to buy an Apple? So if you're gonna sit there and say, well, I trade for Jahan Dotson, but I'm gonna tell you, you no know, breakout player is Chris Olave. Well, I didn't go get Chris Olave. So I'm just giving the listeners the truth that okay. this is who I like. I went and made a move for them. Maybe it works out great. If it doesn't, at least I stuck with my guns. Even I'm going to take you seriously money. when you name somebody that's, that is not on your team or was not formally on your team. <laughs> I did. I mentioned the conflict. <laughs> All right. So let's go. This is kind of a funny category, but defense, right? Who Who do you see end up being number one? And then who's that? that kind of sleeper breakout defense, um, even though it's so sporadic and in defense is so hard to tell. But, you know, uh, that's why you're the expert, Frank. Well, for number one, I'm going to, you know, keep it simple on this one. I'll take the Cowboys. They got the Dan Quinn is still there. Good defensive coordinator. That unit is just stacked with talent. Brought in Stefan Gilmore. Drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. Uh, Maisie, I think you pronounce it, M-A-Z-I. So that helped them stop the run, which was a weakness of theirs. You know, they could, they're a good team, so they'll be in game scripts where they have a lead, where they can get more sacks and turnovers and maybe defensive touchdowns. So that's who I would take as a team that I think could finish at one. As for sort of a sleeper one, and if this one is mostly based on their easy, easy schedule, the New Orleans Saints, they, they get to play – I know Bryce Bryce Young could be really good, but he's a rookie. That's a fact. They got to play him. Tw- get to play him twice. They get to play, you know, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask twice on the Bucks. Desmond Ritter twice, and then I believe even their other opponents. I don't have it up with me, but like the first seven weeks, it's all good matchups, and that's something you like when you're streaming defenses because you could just pick one up and you have them for those that chunk of weeks. So, uh, you know, they still, especially in those home games, you know, we've seen this defense um, 
dominate at times. Like look back to that game against the Raiders where they like shut them out. So they have that in them. And um, I think that would be my uh, breakout for this year. All right. That Saints pick by you must have been really good because I see JT wrote something down when you said no, that. No, no, no. He, so. he's, he's absolutely right because you and I talked about this on a previous show. Yeah. And Strength is he bad. said he didn't have the list, but I remember I had this list somewhere because we talked about it. Those quarterbacks that he's talking about that the Saints play, Tannehill, Bryce Young twice, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, CJ Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson. Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Ritter twice, Jarrett Goff, Daniel Jones, <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Oh, and Baker Mayfield twice. So I see what he's talking about. I mean, if, if you could build a, the easiest quarterback schedule to play against, I mean, it's hard to beat that list. So the Saints pick, I got to love. So I love your answers. I think we got the same answers, but in different fonts. So the best defense, I'm going to keep it simple. It's the Eagles. Like, yeah. They had the most sacks ever last year. And then I don't know how the NFL does this. They let them add the entire national championship defense from Georgia while losing <laughs> nobody on defense. Like, I don't understand how you how you let this happen. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I got to say it's the Eagles, man. Like, they're just guaranteed to get sacks. Their special teams is usually always good. They usually get a couple, you know, return touchdowns every year. And you just know they're going to be good. And if that offense is dominant and they can run the ball like they did last year, the defense is going to just tee off even more. And then for the breakout, um, I'm going to go with the same kind of route you took. Uh, it was, it's hard to find it just because so many teams play like high scoring matchups. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans just because they play in a division with probably like the two worst rookie quarterbacks that are going to start from week one. Like they get to play CJ Stroud twice and they get to play Anthony Richardson twice. I mean, that right there should win you some weeks. And that's, the Titans' defense is usually always really solid. They got Jeffrey Simmons and some other pieces, and they're always well-coached. Like, they're not flashy, but I think they can be right around, like, 10 to 11 if things break right for them. I, I'm going to go to the Steelers. I'm a Steeler guy. They're going to get after it. They, they, you know, re-signed all their big guys. Like, they got to make a push. They, they got to win. You don't even have on. Steelers gear on. Like, they, you can't talk got, about them. They got because you know I, I support you know no no, no own, hold on. you you you, you make you make all this ruckus about me I'm having to wear the team's gear or I can't claim them you don't even have Steelers this stuff is, on you don't get to this, talk about any Steelers players this is a fantasy football show it's not the NFL preview show I wear Steelers are you a fantasy they, fan like you're a real Steelers fan represent them I I picked I picked my defense you didn't pick the Dolphins I, listen I'm going Pittsburgh they're going to create a lot of havoc a lot of turnover sacks Alex Highsmith. Uh, T.J. Watt coming off, coming off the edge. Minka back there doing his thing, maybe a pick six. So I'm, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. And then kind of that breakout team, I think, is the Colts. Um, you know, they maybe have the best, like, interior defense in the NFL. Secondary is kind of young but can make plays. And, you know, guess who returns? Shaq Leonard. So, you know, they, they missed him. I just think Colts defensive-minded head coach, right? I think he, he came over from um, – I don't know if it was – Chicago or whatever, yeah, Chicago, but yeah. Um, yeah. So defensive-minded guy, he's gonna make sure that that defense is solid, tight, and like I said, uh, Shaq Leonard coming back, I think is a, is a is a difference maker for that for that team. 
This guy living dangerously. You're you're willing to go down this this road with the Colts again after they let again, you down and didn't make the Super Bowl? <laughs> fantasy defense. Fantasy defense, though. Let, let's not hey, get man. too excited. <laughs> Attitude reflect leadership. Remember that. <laughs> All right. So so Frank, let's go to talk about the tight ends. I feel like they never get enough love unless you know you're Travis Kelsey. That's why he's the number one. But this season, um, can it, it can be different. It, the feeling is in the air. We've seen over the past few years, like so many tight ends get taken in the first round of the actual NFL draft. So it begs the question, is the depth at tight end the best that it's ever been? Well, it's tough to say best that it's ever been, but I will agree that there's depth there. And and it hinges on this. It hinges on if Darren Waller lives up to expectations in the Giants as their top target, because, you know, he's got an improved situation from last year where he had to, you know, uh, compete with Devontae Adams and Alpha like that for targets. Now he could be like the de facto top target for the Giants. And if he stays healthy, that gives you another, you know, bona fide uh, stud tight end to go with, um, you know, Kelsey Andrews. And and then also what helps with the depth is Hawkinson just took off when he went to the Vikings. He was getting targeted like crazy. Just you love that volume. And then another X factor to really make this year go off with tight ends is, is your boy Kyle Pitts. If, like you said, Mariota was the worst quarterback in the league, Pitts had a catch rate sub 50%, which is like that's what like um, really deep threat receivers get, not a tight end. I know Pitts runs downfield, but like that's crazy. Come on. Like he just got to go back to what he did as a rookie, which was like a 65 or like 62% which is pretty like he does that and he'll be, you know, a productive tight end. Uh, and and they did pass a little more when Desmond Ritter took over. He averaged like 28 pass attempts per game, whereas Mariota had like 24 or something really low, like it was like the 70s football or something. But then you add in the young, talented one we, ones we spoke about, spoke about like Greg Dulcich, Oconquo in Tennessee, and Pat Fryermuth has shown some upside. Then this draft class was so good. The rookie tight ends, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, then Michael Mayer when he gets going, even Luke Musgrave in Green Bay. The one thing I will say, though, is rookie tight ends generally are not good bets for fantasy unless you're Kyle Pitts who put up 1,000 yards. But most of them take some time to get going. But to your point, just saying all these names, yeah, the tight end p- position looks looks pretty uh, strong and deep, deeper than usual, for sure. Yeah, I like that. And, there, and there's so many guys. Think about where George Kittle has got it on. At, at least I feel comfortable if I don't get, like, a top three tight end, there's still hope that I can get somebody that can help me win some weeks rather than it's a zero or So, so Frank, let, let's focus. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying the internet cut out just a little bit. So, I, sorry if I missed anything there. No, no, you're good. Yeah, I mean, we agree with you. The tight end position just seems like there's just so many options. I mean, I mean, I never thought I'd see a time where I can get like George Kittle in like the sixth round. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and you know what? I want to just add in what you're saying. Like in this discussion of tight end being deep. It may not be a good idea to be using your first rounder on Kelsey. You could get really burned if all these other 
tight ends end up being because last year I know he dominated, but also the ones below kind of disappointed, like Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. So if they do well, and then you're having a team that may get your boy Amon Ross St. Brown end of the first, and then they get a tight end that hits like Waller in the sixth, uh, that's going to be tough to compete uh, against. So that it might speak to maybe this year's not the year to, to target Kelsey. Yeah. All right. Look it. He said Kelsey only, at Kel, not Kelsey at six, but Amon Ross eight Brown at one oh six. I'll take it. Yeah, because the thing is, you you in the past would have taken Kelsey because there is such a big gap. I think last year it was a hundred points between him and like tight end number two, right? But if that's not going to be the case, and it you know maybe Kelsey's still number one, but if it's only thirty five points, and then the difference between number two to ten is you know thirty points. It, there isn't that big of a gap for it to be worth it to take them in the, in the first round. Doesn't mean you can't take them maybe earlier if you just want to have the best tight end. But you know, I think I was listening to ESPN. You know, they have the twenty four hour marathon, um, and we can't do that here unfortunately because we don't have the budget to pay Frank for twenty four hours. But <laughs> the thing is, the the thing is, they were talking about taking Kelsey one point oh one, like no. the first overall pick. And it's like, I, I agree, and, and that's a great question that was put in there by JT, is that the depth of the tight end position this year, like Frank was saying, he probably makes Kelsey not a first-round pick, but let alone the number one overall pick, I, I thought, I think that would be drastic, like taking him number one overall. Um, well, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Frank. Oh, I'm saying definitely, like, this talk has made, like, I still rank him around, I think, eight or nine. But this talk is making me think maybe I'll put him right at the turn, like a two, like a first pick in the second round or like 12th overall, just because in, in one of my, a couple of my home league drafts, I'm going to be drafting like 10 or nine around that. And he might slip to me there and I'm feeling like I don't really want to do it. So <laughs> yeah, this discussion has been, uh, you know, actionable for me too. Nice. Do we trust cool. Kyle Pitts again? Well, now it's a way more manageable price, lower opportunity cost. You could get him sixth, maybe even seventh. Instead of last year, he was going like, I think it was the fourth. So it's a lot easier to click on uh, pits this year. Yeah. yeah I, I took him in the second round in a couple of drafts. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just say I, I, I didn't get any money back last year. <laughs> he was a big reason why, but I'm, I'm ready to get hurt again. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I mean, speaking of really liking guys, let's let's look at the rookies, right? Because I feel like we fall in love with certain rookies, whether it's where they played college, how they did in college, where they got drafted. So, obviously, a lot of people can't wait to take Bijan Robinson. Um, but, and some may want to take him in the first round, maybe number one overall. So, he may be the obvious choice or probably the obvious choice for best rookie in terms of fantasy purposes this year. Um so, Frank, the question we have for you, though, is who is the best rookie not named Bijan Robinson? OK, so for this one, I, I got to go with Jameer Gibbs just because, you know, uh, as a prospect, he's he's like the one of the best receiving prospects out of the backfield. But one of the best running backs with, in terms of pass catching skills that we've seen in a while, like since Christian McCaffrey, that's how heavily touted he was uh in the passing game he's in an offense and like we've mentioned is going to score a lot of points they have a good offensive line but most importantly for his pass catching 
they got a pocket quarterback who loves to check it down in Goff. And like if he had a scrambler, that would cap his receiving upside. But because he has a Goff, when he's checking down, he's looking at the running back. He's not going to, you know, take off like a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts. So when you add all that up, you could see them put up a ton of points, especially in full PPR leagues. Um, one concern, he can lose, he will lose some red zone opportunities to David Montgomery, but Gibbs is explosive and he could finish in the top 10 running backs, but you get him in the third round, maybe even lucky you get him, he falls to the fourth. So that type of ceiling is, is huge. And with running backs, you love when they get taken in the first round because it's a devalued position now. So they don't, as we've seen in NFL drafts, they don't go in the first as often. So when they do, especially top 15 like Gibbs did, you know, their teams, they got big plans for him. And I think he's a great selection even in, in the early third. I think that's the rookie that uh, not named Bijan that will be most impactful. Hmm. I like it. I like it. JT. I like it even more because I mean, I got Bijan and Jameer on my dynasty team, so I feel like I'm in good shape. That's so, that's that's so nice. he's making me feel good about this upcoming season. But I do agree with that I think Jameer gives the answer. So I figured he was probably going to be you're absolutely right. I mean, great athleticism, great pass catcher. Jared Goff's gonna just dump the ball off to him. And I just think you just look at the way. They're going to use him. It's just going to be so valuable. I, I don't want to go this far, but I feel like this is the closest role that we probably have seen to like a Christian McCaffrey, like how they want to use him. And I just see it where like he's got so many catches, he could have like 20 points by the time if it's a good game. So I like that. Um, I guess the guy I would go with, I'm going to go closer guy. It's Gibbs on and then the quarterbacks, obviously. Um, it's a guy that I I actually watched him while I was out West last summer, and I, wa- I had to stay up late to watch a couple games. And I'm like, this dude is fast, man. And then he got hurt, and then he went away. And then I look up this year, and now reports are he's the fastest guy on the team. And I saw him in the first preseason game, and I feel like they're going to use him a lot. And it's the Packers tight end, uh, Luke Musgrave. Like, I really think that I know you don't rely on rookie tight ends, but if you want to wait until the end and get a tight end and roll the dice on him, I just feel like the role for him is going to be there. And he's got the athleticism to do damage at least for, you know, four or five games. So I like his upside long-term, but I think he could make noise as a rookie. And I think he's a guy you can practically get for free. He might, he probably won't even get drafted. You can get him off the waiver wire. So I like him. Man, that's really going out on a limb because you got to figure Green Bay's going to try to protect Jordan Love as much as they can, run the ball. He, you know, he has good chemistry with with Dobbs and uh, Watson. Um, so I, I I like that though, JT going out on the limb. I'll, I'll also go out on the limb. Full disclosure, is I like this guy the, on your team? I, yes, I like this I was, guy. I told you, here. <laughs> this is this is not the type of show we want to have. We we don't. Want, this is not Don's fantasy team. I'm this big, is literally I, for fantasy, like I'm, so everybody can hear about all types of players, not just the guys on your on your third place team. No, none of the listeners are in our leagues. I mean, listen, I, I like this guy prior to the draft, not for fantasy purposes, but just in general, and then especially where he got drafted. And then there was an injury early in camp, and now he's climbing the depth chart, and he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Rasheed Rice. I mean, you already saw the way they're using him. You can roll your eyes all you want. 
But Kadarius Tony going Bro, is down. There, is there a the roll your eyes thing. button on this thing? Let me find it. No, there isn't. Thank goodness. Like Tony going down, he did Kadarius Tony things. He's out there first practice. Something happened to the guy. Shocker, right? So what happens? Here comes Rasheed Rice. He's starting with who's his quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding me? He's got Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and he's a young, versatile receiver that's now like number one, number two on the depth chart. Like you think they're going to roll out MVS? For 16, 17 games. They Tony did it last year. Tony, but Tony can't last the whole season. He was great in the playoffs. And if he was a healthy guy, I would say, yo, you got to buy stock in Kadarius Tony. But they're basically going to use Rasheed Rice the way they use everybody else. He doesn't have the speed of like Tony and Tyreek Hill. They're going to find ways to get him the ball that all of a sudden you're going to look up and be like, this guy's massive for a, a, a rookie in terms of numbers. I, I'm, I'm just going to go with him just because. Patrick why Monroe, do we always do this though? Like I, I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you against the pick, but I feel like we do this. It's like anybody that plays with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is going to put up mad stats, and it's like we see so many guys go there not named yeah, Travis right, Kelsey, right? Just go absolutely do nothing. Yeah, like, like Juju and yeah, and, every everybody yeah. that's played with them not named Tyreek and Kelsey, yeah. even to even my guy Scott Moore, like <laughs> he might be out of the league. So I, well, I, I love. I know you love Rasheed Rice. He called him the best receiver in the real draft before the draft happened. But it's just like I, I just can't say like, oh, because you play with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you're just going to be yeah. you know a top fifteen player. I, but I mean, I agree. You bring up yes. that's a great point. The difference is the stock they're putting in guys. They signed Juju to a one year deal. MVS they didn't give a lot of money to. They spent a second round pick on this guy. And they already so they, they spent a second round pick on Scott Moore, too. Right. But I think it should go to show you something, how much they believe in him already, that he's already starting over Scott Moore in the first preseason game that Patrick Mahomes started. It'd be different if, like, Kelsey was out, Mahomes out. Mahomes played. Like, he, yeah, he got, like, what only one drive. But Rasheed Rice was out there, and he was productive in the limited time. I mean, I, I'm Man, just saying. Rash Rashid Rice at best is going to hit you with the Sammy Watkins special. 150 and two touchdowns week one, never to be heard from for the rest of the season. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> oh, man. But I like the answers, though. I mean, can't go wrong with Rice, the Chiefs receiver, and I love the Jameer Gibbs answer. But let's go with the must-draft players. So everyone everyone has their list of guys that they're taking in drafts regardless of, of who's there. So, Frank, I want to know, who are two players that – you'll regret not drafting. So you're telling people, take these guys no matter what, and you won't be sorry. Okay, so I can't pick Calvin. That would be one of them, but I already spoke him up. So I'm going to go and add on to what you said of Amon Ross St. Brown. You talked about how he's such a target hog, and he's in you know, a great offense. He's got great rapport with Jared Goff. But what I love about St. Brown is that, for one, he usually goes like, at 12 13 around there so you're able to you can just reach on him and, and make sure you get him from like you know pick seven onward and so that gives that makes him like uh fit in this criteria where even though he's like a borderline first rounder like a lot of the listeners can potentially draft him some may have to reach some may not but my thing is like he's so safe because of the rapport with Goff. The offense is good. The offensive line is good. And there's continuity in the scheme. They kept the offensive coordinator. So that's, a, I think, a huge thing. And, you know, 
St. Brown could be, like you said, like that Cooper Cup target hog monster in the slot. Like, Kate Cup had, like, the best fantasy season ever for a receiver. But, like, in terms of being that slot guy that just gets so many targets and is just so consistent for you, <laughs> excuse me, I think he's a must-draft, especially if you play in full PPR leagues. Now, if I'm going to add another one, let, let, let's see here. So you've been mentioning so many that I like. We talked about Ridley. I love Herbert. I think I have to mention one, and I already talked about Todd Monken, but I I have to say this player, I can't come on your show without saying him, is Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, playing in the best, with the best supporting cast of his career. Like, look at the receiver upgrades they got, like, Odell Beckham's past his prime, but he can still be a threat in the red zone. Zay Flowers, first-round receiver. Isaiah Likely looked pretty good as a rookie. He's another threat to go with Andrews. And we just need Rashad Bateman to stay healthy. And with them playing at a faster pace, passing more, I think he'll still run for 800-plus yards. I think this offense is going to be really good. We just need Lamar to stay healthy. And the reason I have him on must-draft is because you don't have to pay up for him like you do Hurts, Mahomes, or Allen. You got to take those players in, in like the second round or the maybe if you're lucky, early third. With Lamar, you can get him mid-fourth, maybe late fourth, but he has the upside to produce at the same level as those other quarterbacks in the top three. So you can really optimize and create a really strong roster by getting Lamar in the fourth and maybe you got Gibbs in the third or you, you got like, G Jonathan Taylor fell to you and you got St. Brown. So you then would have a wide receiver one with an RB1, a Gibbs who could become an RB1, and then a total stud at quarterback that you got at a reduced price because he's coming off two injury-plagued seasons. So I think Lamar is definitely a must-draft this year. I like it. And, I, and just for reference, like that, yeah. he hits on these. So the guy that he put in this category last year was Joe Burrow. And we see how that worked out. Yeah, yeah. He had a good year. He had a good year. Well, I, I wrote down Lamar Jackson. So so JT, <laughs> don't be don't be stealing him from uh from my list. Just go um, on, just go on to the next one. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to hear you talking about how you're gonna steal us advice. Just go on uh, to the next question. All right, so Frank, let's let's look at the opposite here, right? You you have two guys you can't walk away from, must draft. What about who are the who give us three players here that you are out on it? or essentially avoiding in all of your drafts? So we'll start off with Cooper Cup. I know how great he's been the last two seasons. He's got such great chemistry with Stafford. But there's a bunch of red flags here. And being that you have to take him in the first round, it could really hurt impact your season. And one, of course, Cup is over 30 years old. That's a, that's a slight negative. You know, father time is undefeated. Number two, Cooper Cup is coming off the ankle injury from last year. He already had a hamstring injury this year. I know he's back from, like, practicing, but he's had injuries throughout his career, and it makes him risky in, in this price range. And then the other thing is his quarterback has injury concerns too, like with the elbow last year, Stafford. So that's – you add all these red flags. Add on the fact the offensive line isn't good. The team may not be good. So, like, what if they're, you know, two and eight? And Cup is banged up, or like maybe later in the season, two and eight's too early. Like let's say they're two and eleven, and it's the fantasy playoffs, and Cooper Cup's all banged. 
they're they have no incentive to really play him. They 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 can just shut him down for the year, and that could hurt you where it matters most in the fantasy playoffs. So the fact that you have to take him in the first, it's not really my cup of tea. Uh, I'd rather you know take one of maybe take Bijan Robinson at that price, or even reach on a Monroe St. Brown because I think he's just so safe in Detroit. So there's one Cooper Cup. Uh, another one that we can mention here that I'm not really drafting much of, and it's not so much that I hate the player. It's just that in the way I draft my team and where he goes, I'm looking either at another position. So I'll just get into his Najee Harris. Like we love having a bell cow running back. They improve their offensive line. He's He can catch passes, even though he caught much less with Kenny Pickett, who scrambles a little more compared to, you know, Captain Checkdown, Ben Roethlisberger. But my thing is, Najee, Najee goes like third or fourth round. And in that time of the draft, I want to take Jameer Gibbs. I want to take Calvin Ridley. Maybe I take Mark Andrews or pay up at tight end. What I want to do is, is get either Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert on my quarterback. Because like we mentioned, they got two major upgrades in supporting cast and play caller. And I want to get one of the – not – Kelsey range but like just below that in tight end like a Andrews or a Hawkinson maybe a Waller so when I want to draft those players is where Najee Harris goes so I'm not going to be taking Harris in that range and that would be my second player to avoid another player that I would say to avoid uh here is well not really okay so I mentioned Deshaun Watson as a breakout player and I like him I will take him but I'm going to say him on this list for one reason, and it's an interesting wrinkle that maybe, you know, not that you always, not that we always think about when we draft, is that Cleveland, we've seen it in recent years when it's the fantasy football playoffs time, the weather is brutal there. It's windy, crazy windy or snowy, and they have two home games um, during the fantasy football playoffs. One of them I think is against the Jets, Sauce Gardner and company, tough pass defense. So if you do take Watson, it's not so much I want to avoid him. It just want, I want to say that you should prepare for perhaps maybe you should trade him before the playoffs. Maybe you should get, you know, a contingency plan because I'm not going to feel comfortable playing him there. You know, the weather could be so bad. Like, I know it's so far away, but hey, that's the set. Like, there's a good chance it's going to be not a suitable weather type of game. So I'm going to add him there, even though I do think He'll finish in the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. It's just that when he's going to help you most, he might not be worth starting. When, when you're as good of a fantasy player as um, – or fantasy owner, I should say, as Frank is, you're playing for championships. So you have to look into the playoffs in the in the championship weeks. Um, and, Frank, does it also play a part with the Deshaun Watson thing that he's got to play – the Baltimore defense twice, the Pittsburgh defense twice, and Cincinnati's defense is nothing to sneeze at. It's been really good. I know they lost some guys, but it's been really good too. So that might be six games right there of the 17 that, you know, he he might struggle. Yeah, I agree. And he might be that type of player that if you look at his final stats and his fantasy points per game, like I said earlier, he's in the top 10 quarterbacks. But – he might have those dud weeks like against those tough matchups like you mentioned or in, in difficult weather conditions, like I was saying, and in the worst time in the fantasy football playoffs. So that's the concern with him for sure. Got it. Okay. 
that, that kind of used to be my thing with Josh Allen. I was like, he's great. And then they start playing okay. at home in Buffalo in the playoffs, and he's putting up 20 points instead of 35. So, yeah, I agree with you on the web. That's a big deal. Um, you took one of my guys, Cooper Cup. I agree with everything you said, man. I just – I'm just out on him for, for all those reasons. Old age, his quarterback's about to fall off a cliff, too, if he's not already down there. So it's just it's just bad bet. Another guy I'm out on is it's probably going to be unpopular, but it's Jonathan Taylor. And this is contingent that he stays in Indy because if he gets traded, then his value could go anywhere. But I'm assuming they're not going to trade him because Ursay said they're not going to do it. So he's playing on a team where the owner thinks he's not valuable. They got a rookie quarterback that's probably going to be one of the best running quarterbacks in the league out of the gate. So I just and he doesn't catch passes and they're not going to check it down. So I just don't see where his value is going to justify me taking him in the first round or in the first half of the first round. Like the rushing touchdown upside is gone. He's not, a, he's not going to be getting the passes. And I just don't think that team is going to be very good. So I think he could be end up being a disappointing pick, especially on where he's going. Like I think I'm not sticking with him at all. And then the other two are guys that I don't necessarily, they're not going to go high, but I just think that there's so much hype going around them going into this season and i'm just like let's slow down the first is christian watson and like i think everyone's just like oh we saw him score so many times last year and it's like wait a minute he scored all seven touchdowns in like four games like if that's not a red flag that that's not going to happen again i don't know what is and then aaron Rodgers is not there you got jordan love like he might be the next patrick mahomes but he also could be the next zach wilson we don't know so i'm gonna say it's safe to say that Love is not going to be Aaron Rodgers year one. So I got to be out on Watson. And then also they have more weapons. So it's more competition. And then the third guy, I, I just don't see it. And maybe I'm just, you can call me a hater. I, I'm just not seeing it. I watched the tape of him making all these plays and it's just like, I, I'm not buying it. It's George Pickens. And everybody swears he's the next Randy Moss. And I hear guys like, yeah, I got to leave with George Pickens. I'm taking him early. And I'm just like, why? Like, there is literally a guy on that team that could get 150 targets in his sleep in Deontay Johnson. And now they have more competition for targets. Like, Jalen Warren's going to play more. You mentioned Najee Harris. Like, he's still going to be a factor. And Fryer move. Like, where does this George Pickens to Jamar Chase outbreak happen? Like, I'm just not seeing it. So, those would be the three guys that I'm, like, completely out on. Like, I don't care if they fall to me. I'm just not drafting. You know, I think Frank said it best with the with the guys to avoid. I'm I'm listening to the experts, so just go on to the next question, Jay. You're not a, you're not avoiding Sam Howell. <laughs> next question, as as Drew Rosenhaus once said. Next question. Oh my gosh, man! All right, so let's go with not necessarily somebody you're going to avoid, but is there a player or two that might not be a bust, but they won't return value at their current ADP. So this is like the buyer beware. Like who are those one or two guys for you? I think one of them is who we were talking about earlier in Kelsey in the first round, because we said about how all we have all this talent at tight end while they're going to a good spot. Pitts maybe bounces back the young, like Dulcich and a Conquil later. So there's the, and there's these stud receivers in that range in the first round or even like a safe one, like a digs that if, if Kelsey doesn't really outscore, like if he, like, like, um, like Don mentioned, if he like finishes tight end one, but is only 20 points more than tight end two, taking him at six, really like, it's not as impactful and it, he might do well, like, but 
you might have, you know, a um, bubble playoff team like in the fifth or sixth. Like you might not have that explosive season with him starting him in the first round. Maybe feels like sort of like a floor pick this year. Where And plus he's on the wrong side of 30. I know he's no signs of decline, but sometimes the decline comes out of nowhere. So I think, yeah, I'm not going to be taking him in the first round. I'm with you guys. Um, another one, I'm going to have to say Christian Kirk. So he was great last year. Uh, you know, everyone at the time we were drafting, remember, he got that huge contract. So everyone's like, what are the Jags doing? So there wasn't like a lot of excitement for him. And I liked taking him last year because he was pretty cheap. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I anticipated would have a year to leap, and he did. But now this year... I think Calvin Ridley is an alpha receiver one and is going to lead in target share. And Kirk only goes like one or two rounds later. Like he goes like fifth or sixth, I believe. And I think, again, that's a floor pick where it's buyer beware. Like he won't bust. He'll be pretty solid for you. It's a pass heavy offense. He's a good receiver. But I don't think he gives you that ceiling that you covet in creating that, you know, type of league winning championship fantasy team, especially like, Let's say in the fifth round, I'd rather take a swing for the fence. Like sometimes you got like Kenneth Walker falling all the way there or, or J.K. Dobbins. And I just don't see Kirk. Like really think about it this way. He had a career year last year. Do we really think he's going to have uh, improve on those numbers with Ridley? That significant target competition that was added to the receiving room. So he's more of a floor pick. And that leaves me to say buyer beware. Yeah, I like those picks. And to add on to that, like, what if Travis Etienne becomes more part of the passing game, too? Like, that's more target competition. So I definitely can see that being like a pick that won't return value. And and you got you guys mentioned good target guys that will take targets away from him. Uh, they, they have Eng Evan Ingram, too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people have him maybe as a top five, top six uh, fantasy tight end. So, um, yeah, that, that that's a really good one. Christian Kirk. Um both of those are, are, are great, Frank. And, and so this this next category is kind of always fun to try to guess because it's really a difficult one to try to guess. Um, but who will be the best bounce back player in terms of like fantasy? Not come not comeback player of the year, but bounce back player for for fantasy. Okay, so this one's tough because I would. There's so many we we could have been saying that we talked about, like uh, <laughs> like Justin Herbert's a bounce back. Uh, Lamar could be one. Ridley could be one. So let me let me try to really think it here. Okay, so I got it. Um, bounce back. Well, this is a receiver who has a rookie. It's not like he tore it up, but he had a stretch where he was really good, and he was really hyped coming into last year. Now he's got a change of scenery in year three. I'm talking about Elijah Moore. You know, last year he was like in the doghouse in New York and he didn't like it there. They had him running way downfield and Zach Wilson was such an erratic passer. It was not a good situation. So now, of course, he goes to Deshaun with Deshaun Watson. He can emerge as a wide receiver too ahead of Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And a lot of people liked him as a prospect. I think he could bounce back to that year one type of level. Not like he's going to absolutely break out, but he'll give you those like a few maybe top 24 weeks, a few uh, spike weeks. He's like a nice player to take on your bench and then hope that he hits and you can play him in the right matchup. He doesn't go too late. Like you get it. I mean, too early 
I think you could get him like eighth round-ish. And uh, I think you could bounce back to rookie levels with the change of scenery and the quarterback upgrade, Elijah Moore. Yeah, so we're smiling because you finally <laughs> named a player that's on Don's team. You finally <laughs> said something good about some player that he has. Yeah, I know his eyes just and the up, show. And I, like, I, I knew, and I knew he's going he's to start smiling. Joe is over. Joe is over. We, we can like, close the show like, on that one. Like, <laughs> with the Jets toward the end, like he was tearing it up, and people really yeah. thought he would be that guy the next year. And then Zach Wilson just <laughs> couldn't oh, play man. football. I was frustrated. It was the worst because at the beginning, like we, you get, you know, when you like a player and maybe week one or two, they do nothing, but you still kind of have that hope. And then you're like, oh, let me give them one more week. And then it just <laughs> nothing changes. It was so frustrating. Was that Frank, cool. are, are you concerned yeah. at all that he's already, he already has an injury? He has a rib injury. Um, is, is there any concern of that? Cause he suffered that, I think, in the second preseason game. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to read up on the latest reports of it, but I haven't heard that it's too serious. So we'll have to wait and see on it. But okay, I think so. I shouldn't. So you're saying I shouldn't trade him just yet? No, it no. says he's yeah. day to day. I, I think he's going to be okay, dog. Don't worry about yeah, it. He's going to survive. Wait till he catches a bomb from Watson or something. <laughs> well, okay. well, I want to ask you guys both this because it seems like we're talking about you know a lot of Browns players, so we're recommending that they're not a team to avoid. Are you guys worried at all about Stefanski's play calling? Because I feel like I love Deshaun Watson. I think he can transcend any scheme. But I feel like Stefanski worries me as far as, like, can they support multiple receivers? Because we saw Amari Cooper do his thing. But, like, are the do you feel like the targets will be there in that offense for, guy, for a guy like Moore? And do you see Watson being able to live up to a top 10 ceiling and not worry about the Stefanski play calling? Yeah, so that's a good that's a good point because they've been run heavy in the past. But one thing I read in an art, athletic article about the uh, Browns is they really wanted to open it up and and play more three receivers. That's why they brought in more to give them, you know, Cooper more and Peoples Jones decent group there. And they drafted a receiver too, Cedric Tillman. I think it was relatively early in the third round, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they want to sh- they want to uh, open it up just. A little bit so that's the positive but of course you got to still bake in some risk that they'll still be such a good running team you know with Nick Chubb carrying the rock so because of that it's not like I'm so excited to be taking uh Watson or Elijah Moore I am a, I am excited to take Nick Chubb but that's another <laughs> but um yeah so I think you got I think the answer is somewhere in the middle like if they fall a little bit to to you, you take them. Moore's got a good price, but actually Cooper would be a buyer beware pick for me because he goes like third round and That's now he's got more, he, he yeah he's got more target competition. Well, it depends on the format. It's third or fourth round, but yeah, he's got a, more target competition with Elijah Moore, and he's never finished. I don't think in the top fifteen in points per game in fantasy. So Cooper would be a, the one to your point about the risk of the continuing to you know run at a decent clip where at least more is priced in a way that it's not as uh there's not as much opportunity cost that can like you're not taking more over like you could take cooper over gibbs more you're taking over what gibson (laughs) so like 
I mean, you got me convinced. You said they're going to play more three receiver sets. So if they're doing that, then I'm all in on the Browns. Yeah, offense. Hey, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, take the ones who are cheaper, but not like the Cooper feels like he's at his peak price. What he would ever be because people are excited what he did with percent. Oh, now he's got Watson. But I, I don't yeah. think it will necessarily mean he'll score more fantasy points. So in terms to sum it up, if Watson falls a bit, I would take him. Chubb, I'm all in. I'm down at his ADP, like late first round. I think he's in a great situation. And Moore is a nice pick if you could get him, like in the seventh round. Okay. So, Don, that means I'll be sending you a trade offer for Elijah Moore. Uh, look in your inbox and, and don't be too greedy. All right. So, <laughs> this next question is for everyone. And I feel like we all have felt this. So, we spoke earlier about tight ends, and Kyle Pitts is one of them, of course. But recently, many fantasy owners feel like they have doubts that he will ever live up to the expectations placed on him by everyone. So that got me thinking, who is a player that we need to let go of and realize that it's never going to happen for them in fantasy? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, OK, I got it. Uh, I'm going to go. I, with... I love how I love how it's like a switch in Frank's mind. He's like, OK, he processes the question <laughs> and it's just like, boom, he has like spits out an answer. I mean, it's like it, this it's guy amazing. pissed me off too many times. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like a no, machine. It's like processes <laughs> a question, spits out an answer. I love it. No, because like the way the question is framed, it's like it perfectly sums up and describes this player. <laughs> and we mentioned him early. We mentioned Chiefs receivers. I got to say Kadarius Tony, because <laughs> I know we love his upside. We we see how he jukes out defenders and we, we see like we think of, oh, what can he do as this monster after the catch with Patrick Mahomes? But it feels like he always has a nagging injury. And, you know, when when they traded for him, they, they kind of eased him in. Who's to say that he's not just like a gadget player and he plays like the Miko Hardman role? at least for this year. So I think, especially earlier in drafts, before he got injured, he was getting, like, selected at a pretty high price, like seventh round. I'd rather take who I just mentioned, Elijah Moore. You know, maybe Tony's just a gadget player. So a lot of, like, uh, writers or creators, when they like Tony, they see that his targets per route run is so high. And they think, like, what if he starts running more routes? He's going to get a lot of targets. But it could also be that, they're designing plays for him and he's just that gadget type of player. I don't know. We have to see the jury's still out, but he seems to always be a player that fantasy players really get excited about and inflate his price. So for that, I think we should just let go. It's just, just go for like sky more, take a shot like that. He goes a little later or you could your boy, Rushy rice, take a chance. <laughs> I think, you know, Tony, I think it's time to let go. Yeah, no, I Frank, I I that's a great pick. And and I think to add to it, you, you gotta consider the injury history. I mean, how yes. many games did he miss with the Giants? And then he comes to Kansas City first week there, he, he's tweaking the other hamstring, you know, that he tweaked the other one in New York and then gets there. He's like, dude, you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Get on the field, you're gonna get paid. It's you crazy. Know? And, he, and then he had two knee surgeries this offseason right. that just nobody talked about. He, he had he had a knee surgery, comes out first day of practice and does something to that same knee again. Like, I, I can't trust the yeah. guy. He, 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 Is that he why you that. traded him for nothing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had him, Frank, in Dynasty. I got rid of him this offseason. I was like, 
when this guy's on the field fleece. level, a, like all-time all fleece, he's unbelievable. I didn't fleece anybody. Yeah, he like did. he's unbelievable when he's on the field. But the problem is getting him on the field and staying on the field. I, I think it was like, was it the receiver in Seattle? Was it was it Rice or Percy Harvin? Like could never stay on the field. Like when they were on the field, great. But I, I forget which Seattle guy it was, but he reminds me a lot of them. Agreed. I think Percy Harvin was the yeah. one thing. He always seemed to be injured, but he was great. But yeah, it's the same idea. Just can't stay on the field. Yeah. All right. All right. Kadarius Tony, Don, you, you sticking with that or you got somebody no, else? No, I'm going to go someone else. And, and I, I almost don't want to say it now because this was one of Frank's breakout players. So I'm, I feel like either I'm going to look like a genius or be completely off. Um, my bet's on you're going to be off, but go ahead. <laughs> Me too. I mean, if Frank says the opposite, I, I, I'm always going with Frank. I'll still put this out here. I just don't think he'll ever recover and get back to where he once was. So I look at it. It's a little bit different that he'll never live up to expectations. I don't think he'll ever be able to live up to what he once was, and it's Deshaun Watson. And it's not only that he's playing in Cleveland with bad weather, he's got those defenses, but this is the other thing. I don't believe it. And I read the same thing that Frank read, and, I, and I'm hearing it on all these fantasy shows about they want to open it up, throw Whoa, it in. What, what fantasy shows are you listening to? Don't worry to? about you, it. Don't you, worry you about it. Share this with me. Don't worry about it. You have your own premium subscription, oh the PFF Plus. But, but the thing is, I don't believe it, Frank. I don't believe it. You have Alex Van Pelt. He's been there since 2020. So now this is what? Fourth season, you tell me they're just going to change things all of a sudden when you got Nick Chubb in the backfield. And then on top of that, Stefanski did this in C in Minnesota. He did the exact same offense, very conservative when he would have ruined Justin Jefferson. We would have never have known Justin Jefferson. We would have never known of, the gritty, of the gritty dance. You know what I mean? Like we would have never known because Jefferson would have never found the end zone, you know? And the thing is, I just don't believe him. It's like, you go to the steakhouse and you order the steak, right? You go to the seafood place, you order the seafood. <laughs> Stefanski is. Have you had dinner yet? Is place. that what's going on here? I, I haven't <laughs> had dinner yet. I am. Are you start talking Stefanski. like this? It just means you're hungry. <laughs> Stefanski's the seafood restaurant place. You can't go there and order the steak. He's never going to change. Like, that's my opinion. And that's why I think it's Deshaun Watson. If you're happy getting value between you know, the 15th, the 18th type of um, basically what Kirk Cousins was doing in Minnesota. If you're fine with that, great. But we had bigger expectations for Deshaun prior to all the bad stuff that he did. I just don't think he'll get back to that level in fantasy. And I think a lot of it's Stefanski and where, like Frank perfectly said, playoff time, Cleveland for fantasy playoffs ain't going to happen. All right. I like those picks. I had two guys, but you guys didn't name any of them, so I'll just go with the one guy. And I've never, I've never had this guy on a team before, but I just feel like the way people talk about him when they're talking about how their teams will be going into the season because he's on their roster, and like when they talk about him in like trades, his value is very annoying to me because I feel like he hasn't done anything to warrant this, and I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It's Hollywood Brown. Like I feel like everyone just thinks like, oh yeah, he's just going to be so great. You know, he's this fast receiver. And, like, when you talk to people that have Hollywood Brown on their rosters, like, they feel like they have a lock and loaded automatic wide receiver, too. And I'm like, 
what games have you been watching? Like, he was a drop machine. He's always hurt. He's like, what has he done? Like, and people just take him early no matter what. Like, you try to get Hollywood Brown from another team, and you're going to be paying through the nose. So he's he's the guy that I just don't get it. I don't think it's ever going to happen because I just don't think he's that good, and I don't think he's going to be in a situation to do it. Now, the other guy that I was going to say is I don't think it's because he's not talented. I just think that he's been stuck in a bad position for, for him to get enough volume. But he's the same way. Like, you talk to people, he's on their team, they love him, or they're going to the championship. You try to trade for this guy, no, no, he's the best ever. Brandon Ayuk, like, I started to see it a little bit last year, but I, I'm not getting the hype. Like, he's not going to get enough work in that offense with those other guys, but let people tell it. They're still going to take him in the middle rounds like he's a lock and loaded, you know, wide receiver too. Try to trade for him. You're going to have to pay through the nose. So I just don't think it's going to ever happen. Maybe for Ayuk at some point, but definitely not Hollywood Brown. But I just don't see it happening for those two guys for those reasons. Hmm. Yeah, those are fair for sure. Like Brown's in a tough situation this year. We don't know when Murray's going to be back. I like I like I, I like Ayuk's talent too, but they run a lot, a lot of mouths to feed. And yeah, I, I know what you're saying, especially in Dynasty, they um, people have really high hopes for them. That is does not fully match their production yet in terms of like their trade value. Like it's like you said, hard to trade for them. So I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah, like somebody told me that they would rather have Brandon Ayuk than it, it was ridiculous. I think it was like <laughs> rather than I, I don't want rather than um like Amon Ross St. Brown, like before like like he was breaking out. I'm like, like what are you like? Am I not am I not watching the same tape that everyone else is watching? I'm, am I missing the games that the 49ers are playing or something? Because I'm not seeing it. Like everybody just swears this guy is the next Randy Moss and they're not getting rid of him. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people took long to fully buy into Monroe St. Brown because like he went in the fourth round. First, it was as a rookie, like he produced only when any everyone else was hurt. Then it's like, oh, you know, Jamison Williams is coming back and like. No, Monra is a stud. It's time to fully recognize that. Okay. All right. I can live with that. All right. So, Frank, this is why we bring you in. There's going to be someone watching this episode that has the number one overall pick. All right. So, you're on the clock. Pick 1.01. Who you taking in, the fa- in your fantasy league? I'm taking Jamar Chase, generational prospect coming out of the draft, best since Calvin Johnson, really. I think he's got a you know legendary season in his bag that we haven't seen yet. Last year, led the league in targets over 11 per game. Crazy red zone usage where I think he's got 15-plus touchdown upside. Tied to an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow. You know, it, all the, he checks all the boxes. And then in terms of roster construction, you take Chase – uh, instead of a running back, you might in the second round you could get like a Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry sometimes falls to the second round, by the way. That's crazy. Um, or like uh, you know maybe a more realistic one like a Ramondre Stevenson. Or if you could go receiver heavy and go like Chase, get a Chris Olave, then you can get a Ridley. Then you can take a Kenneth Walker. I just like building the team uh, wide receivers early because you can. There's some mid-range running backs that are a little bit undervalued, even like a J.K. Dobbins, even like if players who really avoid them because they're offense, like Rashad White. But, hey, he could catch passes. Like So 
In terms of the player, I love the player in Chase, and he also helps with roster construction. I like taking the receiver first rather than a running back. I like awesome. it. Awesome. I like it. And, and for reference, his pick last year for one-on-one was Justin Jefferson. And every and every draft Woo! that I had the number one pick, I took him in, and I did pretty well. Oh, that was off. one of the nice hits. Yeah, that was yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah, you know when it's a really good pick when Frank himself smiles is like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I, did. I, I, I did that. That was a good pick by me. <laughs> so JT, if you can fix the draft order, so I go number one, one point zero one. I take Jamar Chase, win a couple titles, make a little money. That'd be great, Frank. Before, before I let you go, though, all right. We have this segment, Surprise JT. Why do you do this? Scenario or something I want no parts up. of this. Why do you do this? This isn't for you. This is for Frank this time. Oh, so good. Frank, Frank he can annoy you. I'm going to just sit over here. Hey, we have the fantasy expert. He can settle it right now. If he answers it the way you've answered it, I'll keep my mouth quiet and, and we'll move on. If he answers it the way I answered the question, though, you and I, JT, are going to have a little sit down uh, with the uh, – with the owners association of, of your league. So Frank, this is the situation in a, in a keeper league, whether it's a one or a two keeper league, right. During the off season, can you trade anyone else on your roster that someone else wants to make a keeper? Oh, that's a good. Okay. So I, I'm in a few keeper leagues, even in baseball and other sports where we pick where we keep like four players. And we always do this, like the players who are not keeping in the off season, you try to trade them and get some picks, um, and it's it's totally fine. And I get it because you're only keeping one or two, and you might have all these players that, like, if you have a really stacked team, then you can really, you have a chance to trade away at some of those players and get the picks back that you may have traded to stack your team. So I'm cool with it, but I I get maybe there should be some restrictions because you're only keeping one or two. Maybe like you can only designate like four players on your team that could be maybe potential keepers and then only from that group you can trade because then like let's say you can trade your whole team yeah because at that point what's the difference between that and a dynasty league yeah that's true because well the difference is the difference is though someone may have struggled a lot last year and been like i don't like any of these guys but they can be guaranteed that hey someone has five keepers that i would love and instead of it going into the draft, and I may not get any of them because I, I draft a bad slot, like number six or seven, then he can guarantee or someone may love, hey, I love Jonathan Taylor. L- let me go get him, you know? Yeah. That's that's where like it's different than Don. It sounds like a setup. So, so, so he, Frank he, he, knew, he asked a question Frank that had knew. nothing to do with any yeah. trivia. He just, he just wanted you to validate his plan to finally win a championship. Frank, so Frank knew that he answered the way I answered because I smiled. And then Frank was like, oh, man, I don't want to upset JT. I'm trying to play defense here. Then he tried to, too. But he's like, but I see where you may not want to yeah, allow yeah. it in your league. I so I him. thought it's okay, Frank. I, I you, you're all right in my book. You're all right in my book. JT, you and I, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up in the owner's meeting when you uh, fly uh, you'll, you'll, you'll just text bomb everybody until they hear what you got to say. Oh, I can't wait. The text is already oh, drafted. Frank, you have no idea what you started, but we'll see what happens. Love it, Frank. Hey, you're welcome back on the show anytime, Frank. Anytime. Oh, I love it. Right. One of my favorites to come on. <laughs> but no, th- this was great, Frank, in all honesty. And, and 
thank you again for your time and let the um you know let the listeners uh and our fans know where they can find you and how they can follow you yeah so you can find my written work at thegameday.com i'm updating my fantasy uh football rankings dynasty and redraft like one to two every one to two weeks and as we get closer to drafts it's more frequent so you can find my work there and i also do betting content there as well and on Twitter, I'm always firing out takes at FMRante TFJ. I start I created a new Instagram with that same username, which I gotta follow you. I just started it, so I gotta follow you guys too. Uh, but yeah, you could find me there as well. I'll just post maybe some video content and things like that. But where I'm most active is Twitter. Any yep. any useful tidbit of info that I have, I'll fire it out there and I'll answer lineup questions as we get closer to the year. And, you know, guys, I love coming on here. Thanks again. Uh, it was it was a pleasure like last year. And let's uh, hopefully my um, my takes hit like they did last season. <laughs> oh, the, oh, we yeah. know they will. We would love to have you you back on again if, if you can make time for us. And we'll oh, also sure. follow we'll also follow you on Instagram. And, and for the people out there, follow him on Twitter because yeah, absolutely. I, I get these notifications and I'm like, OK. And I take mental notes, but I know since JT and I share the account, I'm like, dang it, because JT's saying this, seeing the same thing I see. So it's not like I'm gaining an edge on him, but but Frank, hey, look, look, we're just fighting for who gets to pick first. But I, I will <laughs> say this uh, for everyone who's listening: definitely go follow him on Twitter. I said this last year, and I meant this. He is honestly probably one of the few accounts that got me into really enjoying using Twitter, just for the content that he puts out every day that takes the opinions, you know, the replies to, you know, popular, popular things that are out there. Like you do a great job and it's every day. I'm just like, all right, what's he going to say? What's he going to talk about today? All right. This is very useful. So definitely (laughs) one of the best guys on Twitter. So definitely guys go check him out. He's legit. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for the kind words. We appreciate it very much. And you guys put out great content as well. Thank you. Thank you. And and if you could stick around uh, end of the show, just so we can say bye as well as, um, I can maybe get a few betting tips as the football season comes around. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm asking for a friend. The so, guy who doesn't says I'll, he doesn't bet. I'm asking. I'm asking for is, a friend. I, know I got this a lot of friends. Wrap this I got, up. I, 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 got, I know you. I you always try to say you don't bet. You you are the parlay king. I got a lot of friends. So I'm asking for a friend. So remember to please. Follow us and subscribe. JT and the Dawn, all sports podcasts. We can be found on all of the major platforms. And remember, we are presented by Give Us a Shot Network. Go ahead and subscribe to them on their YouTube channel. And if you like what we do, give us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, give us a five-star review. And social media, please follow us. Our handle, JT and the Dawn, as you see on your screen. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode. Again, thank you very much to Frank Amarante for joining us. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.